0: The show must go on. Despite 14 players on the injured list, the New York Mets that are mirroring the Syracuse Mets found a way to win two out of three in Atlanta against the Braves.
1: We'll dive into all the injuries and the heart of this team finally showing up. McCann struggles and read a less than favorable review from a listener.
0: Is Luis Rojas the right guy to lead the Mets to win a championship? We'll ask the post
1: Zach Braziller. A few more injuries and it might be our names being called next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue.
2: So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out
1: of here. We got
0: you. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, a New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Figgy is shocked at how short my welcome was this week. It's as short as the Mets roster right now. It's Jake Brown here at Jake Brown Radio. Nelson Figueroa at Figgy NY where you can find us on Twitter. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Write a positive one. Uh, we'll, we'll read a well, negative one uh, a little bit later in this segment. It was a Moby Dick novel. It was a long one. A couple paragraphs left by an angry listener. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll be joined later by Zach Braziller of the New York Post. But Figgy... The walking wounded. We talked about Monday, the limping Mets, 12 guys on the aisle. Well, that number is at 14 Mets on the injured list. After we dropped the show, Pilar and Conforto landed on there, and then Taiwan Walker is the latest victim. Pete Alonzo, we hope, will play against Miami this weekend, but he has a sore hand, and that came from the St. Louis series. So just everyone and anyone is banged up right now. To the point that I stretched out before we started recording just to be safe in case the microphone hit me in the face. You punched me through the screen, something happened. Right, and up on the Angelus. They lost Wednesday night, but the fact that they won two out of three, Figgy, with the Syracuse Mets roster, and they're still in first place, it's hard to be that mad because they are hanging in. And that's really all you could ask for, I guess.
1: Yeah, they went down to Atlanta, and the first thing I was thinking was, Isn't Atlanta where the Walking Dead started, right? That was the Walking Dead. But these guys are the Walking Wounded. They're getting an opportunity to play some of these backup players. Yes, it's starting to get a little bit watching these guys get stretched out for what's supposed to have been a few days is now weeks at a time, but they're performing. Right, VR has been performing. He's hitting home runs all of a sudden in his last two or three games and big home runs. Uh, really, the only runs that they were scoring two run home run by VR, two run home run by VR, and back to back nights. Uh, Pilar, uh, before he got hit in the face, was doing a fantastic job in center field and also w- with the bat. These guys have been very fun to watch. You're rooting for these guys, they're, they're rooting for each other. It's a different vibe than just a few short weeks ago where it seemed like there was an air of entitlement of, you know, we're big leaguers, you know, we do things a certain way. and. I'm not seeing that anymore. I'm seeing guys jumping all over the place in the dugout, rooting each other on, guys coming up with big hits, Tomas Nito getting an opportunity to play over McCann, which is how it should be, right? And Luis Rojas said, I'm going to play the hot hand. And he stood by that. And you got to commend him for that because it's led to this team still competing and winning against a National League East opponent. I know the Braves lineup doesn't look any better. You know, they've got a few superstars in there, but other than that... It's another who's who of baseball because you can't recognize these guys in a Braves uniform. Yeah, the Syracuse Mets is what some most people are calling them right now. They're still the New York Mets, man. They're getting the job done. And I know as a, as a player who's been a journeyman and who's been on some bad teams, this team is still playing good baseball. They're still playing inspired baseball. And yeah, could they be going out there and just going through the motions and making up the excuse? Look at us. We got 14 guys on the IL. They're not doing that guys that are getting the opportunity of playing well and you know you're still hoping mccann is going to snap out of it you're still hoping lindor is going to go more than you know two for a series where, where you get two for three in a game and you're like oh he's back and then he goes oh for seven in the next two games
0: yeah and a lot of that blame figgy has gone from lindor to mccann because you know wednesday night all you needed was a fly ball i mean listen they acquire cameron maven for less than what a four-piece nugget costs with tax a four-piece nuggets like 108 a dollar 08 they got him for a dollar he strikes out gets on base because the ball gets away steals second gets the third a wild pitch and all you ask for from McCann is a fly ball and he hits a weak pop-up to third baseman he's been the king of the weak fl- weak ground balls and weak pop-ups and you know there's a point you're paying him so much money that you put that to the side and say you know what Tomas Nito just gave us a game-winning homer the night before he's done the same almost defensively I know McCann had the McCarnan on Wednesday night Tomas Nito is hitting sufficient enough and he's playing good enough defense that he might have to get the edge because in a couple of weeks if this keeps going McCannon he's not moving runners over he's not putting the ball in play and he's just grounding it to double plays and striking out there's only so much your arm and what the McCann can do for you at some point you need to do something in the lineup especially Figgy, when he's up there hitting 5th or 6th I mean you're hitting that high in the lineup you're expected if he was batting ninth with Jonesh Fargus or Jake Hager or Jose Peraza or Cameron Mabin or Khalil Lee which have all seen regular bats this series then that's different story
1: yeah you're expecting a lot more from mccann and, and it's been unfortunate and there's no way to pinpoint it it's just he's being exposed as the backup catcher that he was He's getting an opportunity, and everybody tried to say he's a late bloomer. And, you know, if you could just extrapolate his home run total over the course of a major league season, if he was a starter, the wear and tear on your body is different. The the way that teams prepare for you is different. The way that you're pitched to is different. I haven't seen anything that said to me, man, look at the way the ball jumps off this guy's bat. At all. At, at any and at any at bat. They say he likes to use right field. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. He hasn't seen it. You know, you see him trying to pull every single pitch and it's weakly hit. It's popped up. It is about the clutch at bats. It is about, you know, getting a runner in or over with less than two outs from second or third base. And he's not doing that. And I know he wants to have the big moment. I know he wants to be, but bottom line is this. Tomas Nito has more home runs than him in way less time. Tomas Nito is batting higher than him. Tomas Nito is doing everything you need to uh, have done from a starting catcher and the team loves pitching to him they, they've known this guy for a few years now he was a backup with the team no matter because of wilson ramos's offensive ability because he could catch he could catch and throw he could block balls in the dirt he could do all those things and they love the way he frames he's a nice addition to have he hasn't had the opportunity to play every day and develop that bat you know he was a he won a title in the minor leagues a batting title in the minor leagues professional baseball is professional baseball it didn't change right? It wasn't like, oh, well, that was just in the minor leagues. The guy can hit. He just needed the opportunity to hit regularly. Can he continue this? We shall see. But I, I like the fact that this team isn't going to just sit back and say, well, we're paying the money to McCann. So he has to play every day over Tomas Nito. They're going with the hot hand. And even if it's a split or a platoon, or, you know, maybe you, you give McCann a chance against a soft tossing lefty, that's what it's going to have to be. At least I don't see the ego to him yet of being like, hey, this is ridiculous. I should be playing. He knows he shouldn't be playing.
0: Yeah, and you want want to start the guys who are showing some heart in the play, and you're getting the heart from a guy like Khalil Lee who made two incredible catches, but you're really getting the heart. You mentioned it, Kevin Pillar. I mean, the guy said, if I could see out of my eye, I'd play tonight. He looked like he had just gotten in a fight with the incredible Hulk. I mean, his face looked scary to the point where, you know, they would have had a graphic NSFW warning when you look at his face. I mean, the marks that were on Pilar's face and the fact he still wanted to play, the guy couldn't breathe out of his nose. It's like me during allergy season, except I didn't just get hit in the face by a fastball. I mean, he couldn't breathe and he wanted to be out there. He's like, he joked, hey, am I in the lineup tonight? So you love that kind of heart out of Pilar. I mean, I know a lot of Mets fans were excited to see that and just, you know, you felt for him. You know, the pitcher Webb felt bad. He didn't want to throw out the guy's face. You never want to see that, and you know he wanted to be out there. So that's the kind of heart you want to see. It's a blue collar city. This is New York, so you root for those guys who work hard, who want to run through a fence. The Almora who ran into the fence and and died because of it, but still alive, as I always say. So you root for those kind of guys, and they're down to two starters. So Luis Rojas was in a tough spot. I get it. Joe mayo and I had a couple of back and forth tweets about Edwin Diaz and the usage, and I'm curious your take on this as a guy who came out of the bullpen and started. Diaz went three straight days, but the first of the three days was Sunday in a 5-1 game in the eighth inning when there was no reason for him to be the game. His logic, which I get, is that he hasn't pitched in a week. My logic is you have three straight games coming up against the Braves where you're probably going to need him at least two times. You couldn't put Diaz in the eighth or ninth inning on Wednesday because he went three straight days. Do you agree with me that he shouldn't have been in Sunday? Or are you on the Joe side where he's got to get working? Because my my philosophy is, why can't he get work in the bullpen or other ways? Why use him for no reason when you might need him three straight days against the Braves?
1: Yeah, no, that's one of the things that's a it's a very fine line, and some guys are able to do their bullpen work. I was a guy as the long man. I would sit around and well, I didn't get in. This game, I'm probably not going to get in tomorrow's game because, you know, Roy Halladay's pitching. I'm probably not going to get in the game after that because Cole Hamels is pitching. So it wasn't ever a time where it seemed like a good time to go out and work on my craft. But you have to be able to do that. That's part of being a professional. So you go out there and you pitch, you throw to a catcher, you treat it like it's a situation. You work on maybe two strike pitches so that you stay sharp. All of us had to do it. Every professional pitcher has had to do it, especially the bullpen guy. You've had to find ways to stay sharp. Getting thrown into a game, and for him as a closer, that recipe has always been a disaster. His numbers in save situations compared to non-save situations are awful.
0: And there's different times you can use a here, figure where it's like three, say they were down three to two in the Correct. eighth Sunday, but it was five to one. The game was already semi out of hand.
1: Right. No, right. oh, no, no, without a doubt. And uh, Gary Cohen said during the game, it never fails that when you do need him that third day in a row that would have been the game last night you weren't going to have him available because you used him on Sunday night so it, it's one of those baseball things that seems to always happen you know you walk the leadoff guy he comes around to score it's one of those things that always seems to come back and bite you so you're and on
0: Jake's side on this you're on the Jake not Joe's side
1: I am on the Jake side yeah. on this. I'm on the Jake side on this because again he should be able to get away with hey I'm going to just throw 12-15 pitches right here I'm going to work on spotting the ball outside I'm going to work Bounces some breaking balls, I'll be good for the next game. Because for me and for Diaz, it doesn't matter who the hitter is. You think he cares about a scouting report? You think he's going out there pitching to a hitter's weaknesses? No, he's pitching to his strength. And my thought is Always. it's a
0: 162 game season and it's May, you know, what it was Sunday it was May 16th. Like he's going to get his chances just because he hasn't gotten it a week. You have to prepare when you're going up against your your rival in the division that you, there's a chance you may be. And I was shocked that he went three days in a row because that never happens. Usually he goes two. I don't know if we can look at the stats. I don't know if he's ever as a Met gone three days in a row.
1: He did it once last year, but he hadn't done it until I think it was like June or July. It was late where the Mets still had a chance. And so they ran him out there three in a row, but no, he, he hasn't done it often when you were a 24 year old with 50, what was it? 57 saves in seattle no they really didn't go back to back to back with him that would be them winning three games in a row as well so that didn't yeah, happen a lot
0: shorthanded like the mets are i, I that's the kind of decision I, that bothers me i get, me. It. I just, I, I I get
1: it but at the same time you got bigger trevor fish to Ma-
0: fry but still oh man trevor
1: may has gone out there three days in a row familia's been out there three out of four loop has been they've all been out there because they've had to go to these bullpen games and the problem that i'm having with the bullpen games is guys like tommy hunter leave him in the game He's another gamer, right? He's another guy who gets out there, and you root for this guy. And
0: he got a base hit, and he was—he said it's the biggest moment of his career. You love that. Yeah, and He scored a run.
1: It's not its not even about the, the hit and the run. That's great. That's icing on the cake. For a guy who's played you know, so many years in the big leagues, he finally got his hit. I get it. I, I have mine as the ball, the bat is in a, a case in my dad's house. But for me, the biggest thing about Tommy Hunter is getting an opportunity to prove his worth. So he's going out there as the opener. He's been very good as the opener. And then you're kind of pulling the reins on him. Well, you know, as the opener, he's not coming back for three, four days anyway. Let him keep going. You need the length. You need the length because they keep going to Lucchese after Tommy Hunter has been flawless and Lucchese gives up four runs and now you're down four nothing. So that strategy goes to the wayside. So I have to see more of Tommy Hunter, less of Lucchese. I have to see guys finding a way. You only have two of your starters that you started the season with. It's an unfortunate situation, but the reality is, is there you are having to find ways to stay afloat and to play winning baseball. So that's going to be part of it
0: yeah by the wayside uh hit the tally baby every show put it on check it off the box you got by the wayside figgy on your bingo card 069 check so yeah i i think when you're so shorthanded let these guys go and and especially uh, sunday was in tampa you had a dh like there was zero reason for diaz you could have threw any other reliever out there in a 5-1 game so those situations are what frustrate me and i disagree with the whole he needs to get working he hasn't pitched a week no Let him get his work in the bullpen, and you'll use him when you need him. Aaron Loop finally was bad. You know, he gave up three hits, no outs. Barnes, you were stunned. He got out of the jam. And then once you saw he came out of the ninth inning. You were like, the Mets aren't winning this baseball
1: game. Did did you hear Gary Cohn's (laughs) call on that? It was phenomenal. Gary Cohn's call was unbelievable. He said, literally goes, and Barnes is back out there for a second inning. He goes, and Acuna, who's 0 for 9 in this series, he's hitless, and uh, one thing we know about Acuna is he's a first-pitch hitter, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to give him anything really good to hit on. The- and the deep drive? Yeah, right? I did that. hear that, yeah. And it was <laughs> like a curveball down. down. The park already before he actually started saying it was gone. And it, it, was, was, a, like,
0: it was a curve pretty low. If our, It was pretty it was low a break, in the zone. It was, a,
1: it, was a sli- it was a slider that he was trying to go down in a way. It didn't have much down. It was away and flat, and Acuna was looking for it. And it went far Acuna away. Yeah, Acuna wasn't looking fastball middle in. He said, you know what? I'm going to try and get extension on this ball. He did. He crushed it. And that was his only hit of the series. That tells you something right there. The Mets pitched so well that Ronald Acuna Jr. was almost getting no hit for the series. And they were going to almost have a chance to get out of there. If McCann got the job done, they would have had the lead and a chance to get out of there without Acuna getting a hit and ruining a chance for a sweep
0: super frustrating um the Mets (laughs) going through a lot of injuries but some are on the rise Seth Lugo started his rehab he should be back within the next week or two Noah Syndergaard four innings one hit started his rehab I I have a philosophy all the Mets are getting hurt because ticket sales might be down in Port St. Lucie and they want to sell tickets with all the guys rehabbing there it is Syracuse St. Lucie tickets are down come get a hot dog and watch JD Davis rehab for a third time because he had a setback or something so Maybe that's the philosophy. Carrasco, we don't know what happened. I mean, he had the setback. And what is with these setbacks? Like, what are these guys doing? Is is the ghost of Ray Ramirez haunting the Mets yet again, Figgy? Like, it is just unbelievable with these setbacks.
1: It's an unfortunate thing, and the trainers always get the blame for it. But the trainers are literally the mash unit. They're picking up the pieces. They're not to blame for it. Guys' injuries. They're not even the guys who get the guys warmed up or prepared for the games. They're not even the strength and conditioning coordinators who are monitoring how much these guys are working out, how much uh, hydration they're intaking, all these different things. That's a whole nother category, right? And the Mets have tried changing that philosophy over time and time again, and the injury bug seems to find them. The trainers, please lay off the trainers. It is not their fault. They're the face that you see and you don't want to see, because if that face is coming out, then somebody's leaving the it's ball game. Medical and staff, Brian, a doctor, Brian, I don't Ciclo, know who to blame, yeah, Figgy. Brian Chiclo Brian was, was my trainer through AAA big leagues with the Mets, and Brian Chiclo does a fantastic job, however of which, if you see them out on the field more than you see that actual player, that's not a good thing.
0: All right, well, the Mets are getting got. J.D. Davis is rehabbing. He'll be back. Lugo, like I said, DeGrom, a rehab start, today Thursday so he'll probably be back against the Rockies next week when the Mets have four against the Rockies three night games a noon game Thursday and the Mets are just saying open the floodgates no COVID test necessary uh, you got COVID come on down to City Field come to the game spread your COVID to all the Mets fans hopefully that's not the case but uh, an interesting message they are sending there the Knicks I'll be in the back section of the playoffs there's a lot of hype in New York the Mets the Yankee Yankees just threw a no hitter the Knicks got the Garden coming MSG playoffs you can in the playoffs. Nets are giving away tickets for a happy meal now. James Harden's giving 50% off tickets. So, you know, it's it's an exciting time in New York and you know, wh- where's Jordan Yamamoto by the way, I forgot to mention this earlier. I mean, he pitched two innings in Syracuse Wednesday. I hope this guy is starting Figgy early next week or this weekend. I don't know who's pitching. I was going to preview this weekend. We don't know who's pitching. All they have is Stroman and Peterson and Peterson was not good on Wednesday night. So, th- it's going to be a lot of bullpen games and luckily Thursday today they're off. But uh, we don't even, it's TBD for a long time right now for the Mets rotation. And I'm shocked Yamamoto is not the guy yet. But you got to figure he's here sometime this weekend in Miami. Jeff Nelson just texted me, might have cool from cool in the gang in a week. He's out of the country, they're coming out with a new album in June. You never know who's coming on the New York Post (laughs) podcast. I love cool in the gang. This is awesome. (laughs) Celebrate good times. Wow, this is great. Someone who's not, by the way, excited about me living a, a pretty great life and people see it i'm out of the games it's someone who left a review now i encourage you to leave positive reviews unfortunately you got some curmudgeons and people who just hate their lives who leave negative reviews but uh this guy here jmy they love
1: their lives and just hate you yeah that's true i mean that's fine
0: there's some people <laughs> someone in the yankees said love the show blah blah, blah. producer gives me douche chills <laughs> I'm like, damn, some people really just do hate me. I mean, I'm a nice guy, but I guess I could come across as as douchey in some ways. But anyways, JMY9595 writes in a review. Uh, Again, don't leave these kind of reviews. This guy wrote two paragraphs, but he gave his content for today's show. So we'll read it. Three stars. (laughs) He thought it was semi-good. So he gave us three stars. Good info and vibe, but is the title. So he leaves you on a cliffhanger on the title. Okay, a few upsides to this podcast. You have basically an ex-player and a fan slash broadcaster together, so you get a good perspective from both sides of the game. Well, thank you, JMY nine five nine five. That's where the positivity. I will ends. not
1: call him that ever again.
0: <laughs> Let's Jimmy nine five nine five. we will call him Jimmy for now. All right, Jimmy. I will at times agree or disagree with either or both of them. The ex-player, for example, use his name, Jimmy. The ex-player, for example,
1: is t- NF NF two seven two seven two seven.
0: The ex-player, for example, is totally wrong when he insists that home runs should be either thrown back or given to kids. Listen, I've been going to games since September 23rd, 1977. Wow, good memory. Knows the exact date. Clearly an, an older gentleman. And no one has ever given me anything at a game. Well, maybe because you leave reviews like this. Maybe if you were nicer, they'd give you some nice things.
1: <laughs> it's all karma. It's called karma.
0: <laughs> karma is a, you know what, back then you went to a game to watch the game there weren't thousand distractions for kids and kids jumping all around and not staying in the seats or watching the game god this is depressing me you had a good time by watching and understanding the game the more you watched it the more you got out of it for figueroa getting a home run heck even a foul ball is nothing to him because that's his world well this guy clearly isn't like guys jumping around at baseball games and kids getting t-shirts i mean geez all right that was paragraph one now paragraph two they generally bring on good relevant guests and the information is solid that is true we do have some of the best guests in the industry thank you jimmy the podcast does however come across as elitist when you have brown talking about how many games he goes to and how much money is paid for tickets at this game and that game and playoff games in the past worse than that is for the love of god this this one actually made me laugh we don't need a mention of chicken parm on every single podcast
1: We, one point, one point for Jimmy.
0: <laughs> that one, yeah, two thumbs up even a Roper on that one. We don't need daily updates of everything this guy eats at the game. Oh, for his information, people are curious of what is open at City Field. So a, I am a fan of the people for the people here. Remember that stadiums have limited capacity right now. So this guy is going to game after game when there is high demand among people who want to get into these games. So that comes across as inconsiderate of other fans I'm a huge Mets fan and have been living in Minnesota since you that's you you're living in Minnesota what do you mean you can't even go to the games you're literally with the Timberwolves in A-Rod in Minnesota what are you talking about and I'm not dropping $200 at these games it's like $20 oh my goodness I'm a huge Mets fan I've been living in Minnesota since four so I haven't even been to a Mets home game since the last game of the next to last season as Shea don't complain about every little detail when you are obviously in a much better position than many other Mets fans. Oh God! I told you, it's people mad at their own lives. You should have <sighs> never went to Minnesota, Jimmy. That's your first problem. You went Listen, to the cold, but frozen putting,
1: putting yourself in a position to take advantage of StubHub and prices dropping. And people that can't make the game—that's what Jake Brown does best, baby. Jake Brown finds a way. Jake Brown is not paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket. So let's get the elitist uh, vocabulary word of the day. A, listen, unless
0: no. Jimmy doesn't know, I have two roommates. I'm buried in credit card debt. I, <laughs> I haven't taken a vacation day since I started at the New York Post. But you, and Jimmy's calling me but, elitist. But, I but, don't even have don't a even, car.
1: But the only Uber you take to a Mets game happens to be a Tesla. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uber, blue. What is that? A Uber X black? <laughs> I've whatever never
0: rode a is. Tesla in my life, bro. Uh, tell
1: you I'd, what, it's a fun ride.
0: I take the old Toyota Camry Uber X the normal way. <laughs> I'd be taking an Uber pool if they allowed it. Like, elitist. My goodness. Yes, I do go to a lot of games. He's 100% right. Yes, probably every show Chicken Parm gets mentioned. Yes, I have talked about the food to eat at the game. But I, if I come across as elitist, let us know. Tweet us. Let us know. But He likes me. <laughs> yeah, for the oh he doesn't like that you, your home run take so he did rip you, know, you as listen, well
1: listen uh, again so what, what he said about you know getting a ball and all that stuff I sat in the upper decks as a kid I never sat field level as a fan going to see games so for me to even suggest giving out a ball to a kid absolutely you know what take a picture with it there's your memory I caught a ball now give it to a kid
0: Here's what we're going to do. So Jimmy knows I am a man for the people by the people. uh oh Next time Jimmy, J M Y 9595. If you're wherever you are, next time you're in New York I will get you and your wife, if, if you have one with this kind of rant, you probably don't, but uh, you, you and your significant other, your best friend, if you got a friend in Minnesota, t- take the Timberwolves mascot, the Twins mascot, I don't know, whoever your friend is, I will give you two tickets to a future Mets game on me because I'm a man for the people, by the people, and I will get you a chicken parm hero to boot. How about mm. that, Jimmy? Mm. There you go. Two tickets on the house and chicken parm for JMY95. What an elitist move. <laughs> that
1: is truly <laughs> an elite. You know what? I'll get him an Uber he extra. Literally, I'll he, get- literally just, he literally just became... You either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. That's what you just did, Jake Brown. Jake <laughs> Brown, you just became the what? exactly what he said.
0: I am elitist douche chills, Jake <laughs> Brown. That's me. Add it to my LinkedIn. Add it to my Twitter bio, douche chills and elitist by two fans of the show. Well, guess what, JMY9595? You just won yourself two free tickets to a Mets game. I got my, the Mets play the Twins anytime in the next five years. I got to get him a ticket in Minnesota. I guess. Oh, the poor guy hasn't been here in a dozen years. He doesn't understand the food we're talking about and the polar burgers and the iconic items at Citi Field. He, I don't think he's never been at Citi Field. No, so, has not. The, there we go.
1: Second to last game in the second to last season of the second, something. like I, I lost track.
0: Oh, JMY, we're gonna treat you your first time at City Field because we are elitist. <laughs>
1: why don't you send them one of those
0: elitist t-shirts with your face on it yeah you want an amazing but true shirt jmy will spread the love to minnesota they'll have no idea what the heck this is amazing but true what is that who's that fat bald guy on the on your t-shirt oh see but i'm self-deprecating jimmy that's you know i have two sides of the spectrum elitist and a and a fat ass so there you go (laughs) Oh, man. Leave us your positive reviews. I'd love like a two-paragraph. If you're listening to this, leave us a two-paragraph positive review. Tell us what we do well because now clearly our self-confidence has taken a hit here because of JMY9595. We know Figgy gets cries when he gets tweets in that that rip him. Not once. You know, leave, leave a review and guess what? We are gonna give out shirts, preferably at Mets games. We have a couple of mediums left, but mostly large and extra large. I think we got like ten to fifteen of each. So if you are a listener, you know, subscribe, rate us, write in a positive review of two paragraphs. We'll appreciate, and you will get a shirt with Figgy and my face on it, and they are beautiful, Figgy. It even got FaceTime on Fox for twelve seconds. I'm getting closer to one full minute of TV airtime. I'm at I'm at about forty seconds. I'm like twenty seconds away. So. Please get me on one more time. And if you can make it like 19.9 seconds, at least I'll be at a minute. I'm, I'm getting closer. Anyways, we'll be joined by a fellow historian who, uh, who has all sorts of sound effects going on in his apartment. So you're going to want to listen to this. Zach Brazil of the New York Post is going to join us. And there might be another human, a dog, uh, another website come out. We don't know, but tune into that. Zach brazilla on the other side of amazing, but true. joining us now on amazing but true is a friend of the program the new york post oh and he covers everything and he is a fellow historian zach braziller you can follow zach on twitter at ny post underscore brazil with an l and an e after brazil zach welcome to the show man as we look through this mets roster we've seen this before we saw the kind of something similar when eric campbell was batting cleanup and uh, you know john mayberry jr and all those guys now we have uh jones fargus and and uh cameron may in exchange for a four-piece chicken nugget i mean it's been a wild roster that's been put together what's your whole thoughts on this mets injury saga that's happened and the injury saga zach that's happened all around baseball
2: it feels like you keep thinking it's gonna stop and it just keeps coming now Alonso's getting an mri and the Lineup they had last on uh, Wednesday night was just. It looked like one of those, you know, early, you know, mid-February spring training road game lineups. The, the fact that they found a way to win two or three in Atlanta was stunning.
1: If you're the Braves, you should punch yourself right in the face. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Astoria might be burning down. I don't care. Or maybe you know what? That might be somebody going for an MRI. Honestly, <laughs> we had Taiwan Walker go on the IL. Of course, the pitching staff for the St. Lucie team right now has. Lugo, Syndergaard, and DeGrom going for them. What is going on right now? It wasn't supposed to be like this, but like you said, baseball's having an unbelievable rash of injuries. And even look at the Braves lineup. I couldn't have named Five of those guys. Every time they came up, I was like, and where is he from and what does he do? Uh, it was almost like an American Idol freaking tryout more so than watching a baseball game of Braves versus Mets. Tomas Nito, who was the, ch- the, the hero of the game for the Mets, he laughed it off. He said, I was batting fifth. What am I doing batting fifth? This is what the state of affairs in Mets land. But yes, you take two out of three. I love the fact that they were playing inspired baseball. Bench mob is no longer... Bench mob is everyday mob. They've got to play every single day. VR has been a godsend for this team. And then you look at the way that Tomas Nito has basically proven that James McCann, Mr. McCant, is really far, far from the guy that they thought they signed. And Nito has stepped in in a big way, carrying with the bat, the glove, doing everything they could possibly do to help this team win. And that's what you're left with. No Alonzo, no Davis, no McNeil, no Conforto. It's just unbelievable to think that this team Nimmo oh Nimmo Nimo who was batting, you know, Little League five hundred at the time. It's been sad to see what's shaken out, but at the same time, it's early enough in the season that you learn some things from this. These guys got some playing time to show that they could Step up in a big situation, so the, it's not a bad thing. And of course, they're still right there, at top of the division.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, to me, the one, the one real positive is none of these are like season-ending injuries. It's not like 2015 where you're losing guys for three months. You do see some guys coming back. Syndergaard's first rehab start, you know, four innings sounds like he could be back somewhat, somewhat soon. And I, so, I think the fact that none of these guys are uh, are out for a long time is at least a positive
0: are you now you're you know a journalist but you are also a Mets fan in some senses are you satisfied with all the injuries where they're at listen they're still in first place and they're a game up but despite being the Syracuse Mets right now I as a Mets fan I'm not in panic mode just because you expect guys to come back and they are holding down the fort uh for the time being and what's a long season I mean we're not even what 25 percent of the way through the season
2: I think they're in great shape personally considering everything that's gone wrong they're But they're six games up on the loss on the Braves. They're four games up on the loss on the Phillies. They've had a million injuries. I mean, right now they have, what, two healthy starting pitchers. I I think they're in great shape. I actually would be more concerned about the Phillies and the Braves I was very unimpressed by the Braves and if is not going to come back I mean they're st- they're starting pitching is a mess I think the Mets are better than the Braves as long as they can get healthy and I would probably say they're better than the Phillies too the thing I'm most interested in besides the injuries is what are they going to do with catcher I mean if Nito keeps playing like this I don't see how he cannot play four days a week here
0: Yeah, and he's been clutched too I think because of his clutch factor the fact that he's hitting big homers big hits and big spots I mean all they needed from McCann was and I was a freaking fly ball in the ninth inning and then that offsets Barnes giving up the homer it doesn't offset it it means Barnes doesn't come in the game and I mean use May for a third straight day maybe he gives up the homer but you're feeling a lot better Salino Barnes not in the game and with uh Trevor May in the game for a third time so I agree I think you got to start thinking about playing Nito more than McCann and that's you're also going to have to think about catching depth, and I always said this. I was a little worried about their depth overall. They could have went after Luke Roy or got another veteran. I know they had Caleb Joseph, but he didn't do anything. I know you're looking at Luke Roy, Figgy, but Luke Roy is better than what McCann's pitch playing. Uh, you also
1: have Mazika Magic. If it wasn't for Mazzica. What in the beast? <laughs> is there a dog in the room or yes. did someone just have Chipotle? <laughs> no, it's it's my dog. <laughs> I don't see a dog anywhere in the screen. You're going to have to prove that to me. You had to stop earlier. So what are you watching in your downtime, my friend? That's Roxy. You see Roxy? Okay, now I see Roxy. That's a good-looking
0: Add Roxy to the guest sheet for amazing. That's a good-looking dog,
1: but I swear. <laughs> you have headphones in. Why, why is she growling at us? Uh, I she... thought Zach just had Chipotle. I was like,
0: geez, <laughs> hit the toilet, Zach. <laughs> Goodness. that thing was grumbling <laughs>
2: <laughs> no no i i, I haven't each fall in years man I, I stay away from that it's like
1: james mccann's got his stomach all in a flurry over there <laughs> Mazika, Mazika magic is the third string catcher right now we haven't had to see that in action yet but Yes. Depth is always a question when it comes to catcher. And and even, you know, Luis Rojas, hands were kind of tied because he couldn't put Nito in a game in certain situations because you had to have him just in case as the team was going, they're playing late tight games. You can't just yank out McCann. Having said that, I keep saying it's got to get better, right? But I I warned in the beginning a backup guy gets exposed. He's a backup guy for a reason and they have success in a backup role because nobody game plans for them. Not that anybody's really sitting there going, "Oh, we got to really figure out this James McCann guy." Right now you can throw him anything and he's chasing it, not hitting it solid and popping it up or you know making some weak contact at best. It's not even a game planning situation. It almost him and Lindor just I still have not we're not even close to seeing not the best of them, just anything that looks like a semblance of the major league player that they they were coming into the season. It's been a big disappointment thus far on the both fronts. And yet they still defensively, without them defensively, there would have been problems. This team would not be in first place. So you have to give them credit on that side that they're not taking the at-bats into their defense, for the most part, you know Lindor has been fantastic at short. McCann has made some incredible throws, done a ton of blocking. He played goalie almost single handedly the other night, blocking ball off the ball in the dirt. So I give him a lot of credit with that. At the same time, it needs to step up. We made the excuse it's a month, sporadic playing time, or, or games are you know canceled, this that and the other thing. They've had a solid month now playing some regular baseball, and he's still not even coming close.
2: Yeah, I I think I mean look, you weren't expecting McCann to be Mike Piazza, but He's got an OPS of 500. and Like you said, it he comes up in spots with multiple guys on, a guy on third I list. They know you're and...
1: working right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First the stomach, now there's squeaky toys.
2: I'm <laughs> well,
1: to the other room. Hold on This is my favorite what interview is... of all time. This is by far <laughs> my favorite. <laughs>
0: All right, all right,
1: all right. I went to the other room, all right. You got a turtle, a hamster in this room, yeah, and a donkey? just and... they were just, like, staring right at you. Chat it was dueling squeaky toys going at it. Like what I was saying, 500 OP. And it's, like... He's
2: he's coming up in big spots and it's almost you don't even want him to just you, if he doesn't hit into with double play, it's almost a win. And it's going to be it. I mean, if Nito look, I, I don't think anyone thinks Nito is a super offensive player, but he's just as long as he's just going to give you good at bats and he's going to put the ball in play and he's not going to ground his double plays. That's, a, that's an upgrade, and when you have all the injuries they have right now, I just don't see how they can afford to keep playing McCann more than a few days a week.
0: Is this team in need of making a move now? You know, they gave away a dollar for Cameron Mabin. It was fine. You know, he got on base on a strikeout, stole second, could have scored if McCann had a fly ball, but do you go for the short term? Like, Chris Bryan is lighting it up, but do you trade an Alvarez or a, a Beatty or a big-time prospect? to try to cure these problems or do you just go with what you got right now and Bring up minor leaguers and call up guys on essentially 10-day deals
2: and go with what you got. I think you have to just go with what you got right now. Look, you're still in first place. Like You you still have a healthy working margin. You know, Right now, teams are going to try to fleece the Mets if they want anything of value. I just think you're going to be giving up way too much. I'm not trading Alvarez or Beatty for, for Chris Bryant right now when maybe in July or, or June you can get, them, get him for so much less. I, I just think you'd just be you know, hurting yourself too much by making a big move. Now, look, hopefully Alonzo is okay. You would think J.D. Davis will be back soon. He's now played, what, two games with, with Syracuse. So that'll at least help matters. Lugo by the end of the month. So I think you're start, You're going to get healthy. I mean, you would think, you know, McNeil didn't sound as serious, so maybe he's ready to come back in like a week or so. So I think, and look, the next seven games, you get the Marlins and the Rockies. You should be able to – they should be able to go three and four, four and three, you would think, in those games. I think they should be able to stay afloat here to where they don't have to really go out and, you know, absolutely pillage and in a trade. You know, it, it kind of, it, it really gives me 2015 vibes. You know, we all know that team started out so great and then they didn't play well for about two or three months as they had a million guys out and then they made some moves and they finished well. I mean, I think you just got to look at is what this team is going to be like when they get guys back because eventually you're going to get guys back. They're going to get healthy. And to me, what they've been able to do to stay afloat well, is only just building
1: character and chemistry. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Cespedes deal. Everybody talks about the Cespedes deal being that part, right? Oh, wow. that's what. Bro- it wasn't the Cespedes deal. It was going out and getting bench players that were major league caliber guys who have been in the playoffs before. The Uribe's, the Kelly Johnson's, the Tyler Clippard, who has done it before. Those guys played pivotal roles because now all of a sudden when you look down the bench and it's a time to pinch hit for the pitcher, who am I putting up there? Oh, I'm putting up there a guy who can actually handle the bat, not a guy that we have no idea what he can do, or a guy who's passed his prime in a cadire, you know? Even Kadir saw the writing on the wall in that in that season well, by tutoring a young Michael Conforto because he's like, I can't do what this kid can do. But he's in the dugout every single day, whether good, bad, ugly play, Conforto would come in and you, they would pan in and you would see Kadair talking to Conforto, guiding him all the way because he wanted to be a part of a winning team. It's not always the superstars that get you to the promised land. And it's never almost the superstars that carry you all the way through. Every year we see the World Series as the World Series MVP or even the playoff MVPs are the unsung heroes. They're the guys that you're not expecting to do well because the big stars, they get game planned for. They get pitched around. They get thrown to differently, especially with runners in scoring position. It's those other guys who rise to the occasion. And we're seeing those kind of things happen now. I'm more than psyched about it. I, 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 and hopefully, like I said, in two months from now, you might not hear from these guys again. You may never hear from all these backup players that, that uh, you know, are coming up from the minor leagues and getting an opportunity. But you know what? They helped keep the team afloat when the team needed it most
0: can this team win with rojas is the question zach we've talked about this is, is he the guy that can get them to the promised land because listen if they come back healthy and they got a full stack they have no excuses and if they don't make it to the playoffs or win in the playoffs rojas got to get canned. do you think he makes it through the year and can the team win with him as the manager
2: there was a time where i wasn't sure if he would but i, I think he will i i think you got to give him credit i mean look at look at how this team is kind of hung tough to, despite all the injuries you know we I know everyone likes to go nuts on X's and O's and, you know, why did he use this guy here or that guy there? But, like, the most important part of a manager is how he he handles a team and how his team responds. And look at this week. I know they come off, you know, they got obviously outclassed by the Rays. They have a million injuries. And I know Atlanta's not playing great, but to win two of three and really nearly – I mean, the Braves were lucky to win a game in this series. And to do that, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, I I don't think there's any doubt. Now, look, I'm not saying some of his moves. I don't. I I wonder what he's doing. Sometimes he sticks with pitchers too long. I would like to see him play Needle more than McCann, although I doubt that's really his his decision. But I think you got to give the guy credit. He's he's in first place. He's three games over 500 with a skeleton roster so look we'll just we'll see as as it goes on but i i think i don't see any him going anywhere this year at least i i think he's safe for this year and let's see what how this team winds up
0: well zach has had uh, a dog he's had a stomach in the background he's had motorcycles in the background he's had a a ambulance in the background i'm just i don't know what's going to come next so we might have to end it in case something (laughs) uh something more graphic comes next in the background zach when will you be joining my side and just shaving it all off bro i think it's coming. Of the time you're hitting that point where you got to join the bald side bro
2: uh i don't think so man
0: give
1: it a good two years come on let it go
0: it's not gonna come back it's time man bald is beautiful what's your what's your what do you hate about being bald man
2: i don't know if the wife would allow me to shave it off honestly
0: really we're gonna have to get his wife on the show bring the bring roxy bring the whole family (laughs) onto the program now (laughs) Listen, just shave it off, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. You put some cocoa butter on it, she'll love it. So rub <laughs> you, rub your head for good luck and call it <laughs> Maybe within a few years. Maybe when Hofstra win, gets uh, to the Sweet 16, we'll we uh, we'll shave it off. If Let that the
2: Mets win, a, Mets win a World Series, maybe,
1: right? Whoa, All right, I'm there it is. First. It? Oh, God. Uh,
0: November 1st, Zach Braziller back on the show, Mets World Series champions, and uh, we have a live videotaping shaving his head. They, be- they
2: in, better not in, win in World Series. In front of his
0: wife. His wife will watch as we shave his head. And uh, we do it in the Canyon of Heroes after the best the World Series. Zach Braziller, New York Post. You can follow him on Twitter, NYPost underscore Brazil. Zach, always good chatting with you, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having
2: me. Uh, should be a fun year, I think. <music>
0: That'll wrap up episode 53, the Jeremy Hefner edition of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post.
1: Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Mungia, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts.
0: For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. You can write in a positive review just like Jimmy did. We'll be back on Monday following the Mets weekend series in Miami. Enjoy the games and let's go Mets.